Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. Everyone is looking for something. We all are longing for some answer, some way to make our lives better, make our lives have more meaning make our lives more better fantastic it seems as if the whole world is geared towards filling that need that gap that desire that we all have to be better, to be accepted, to be more than we were. And in this desire to better ourselves, so to speak, to make ourselves more meaningful, we oftentimes go off the rails, fall off the path, fall down, get lost in the psychedelic world of just messed up people who are also looking for a way to better themselves, to feel better about themselves, to enhance their perceptions, to maybe make themselves smarter, or to get through some crisis, some personal demise, some sad event. So much of life is lived around the ups and the downs in life. When your life is kind of going okay, you don't think too much about what might happen if some crisis should come along because your life is going okay. But then, the crisis, that moment when everything seems to fall apart, that instant when you realize that you have a final exam and you forgot to bone up and do your homework and study and cram before the final test. That moment when you 
got the phone call and found out that someone close to you had passed away. It's in those moments when our lives seem to be turned upside down that we come to the realization that our lives are pretty fragile, pretty haphazard, pretty meaningless. There's no stability, no surety, no way to really know what's coming next. No way to really hold ourselves and steady ourselves for the next bump in the road, the next pitfall, the next crisis. It gets so insane that now we have crisis actors people who just are paid to play the part of the world falling apart. We live in an insane world, a world where nothing is real, nothing really goes on in a way that makes any sense. And we're bombarded with constant negative advertising, negative events, negative news, things that we can't change, things that make us feel sad, things that make us depressed. And so we go about our lives trying to either hide from reality or rationalize away the things that we don't really like about our lives. There must be some other way. There must be a way to find the real answers to life. There must be a way to calm our minds and change our thinking so that we place ourselves in another place in life. So that we allow ourselves to gain an understanding so that we become wise. This process of obtaining wisdom, of allowing our minds to become changed, to make our thinking right. Instead of allowing ourselves to just be tumbled about by circumstances and the surrounding world events which we experience, the traumatic events which we can't avoid. Instead of allowing those things to build and 
create our mindset, to create who we are and how we feel emotionally and how we react in life. We must have another way to allow ourselves the opportunity to let go. To let go of the negative, to let go of the past, to let go of those things which so easily beset us. We are afraid of letting go. We're afraid that if we let go of all those thoughts and experiences and negative things that somehow we won't have a life anymore, that somehow we'll just blow away. But the truth is, when we let go and when we allow ourselves the opportunity to change our thinking and when we place our thoughts on the path which God is on, the path which leads to the glorious future, the path which is before us. When we allow ourselves to let go of the past, to let go of the negativity, to let go of all those things that weigh us down, and we allow our minds to think and to contemplate the glorious future, to have the ability to rethink where we're headed, to look at the facts and understand that our feelings are not facts. Our feelings are merely a way of expressing emotion. You've seen people who cry, but they're actually happy. And you've seen people that are extremely distraught, laughing hysterically. It doesn't make sense. But that's how emotions are. Emotions are merely the ability of our minds to unravel, to feel a feeling, but that has nothing to do with the actual reality of life, with the actual truth of what's going on. So we must set our minds reset our thinking so that we can be aligned with the truth so that we can live a life that's meaningful life is an expression of our inner self our emotional self combined 
with our intellectual self. And when we live our life fully engaged, we combine our emotional life with our intellectual life and we allow that combination to lead us to the truth in life. Be still and know that I am God. Meditation and contemplation are really two sides of the same coin. In today's world, there are very few true wisdom keepers left. Very few masters left. Very few people that can explain or teach the way. So, I heard the other day a pastor try and explain that meditation is contemplating on the Word of God, contemplating the nature of God. And it seems as if there is a deliberate attempt to confuse the idea of meditation and contemplation. There is a fear, as it were, in the minds of many religious people, Christians, fundamentalist evangelicals, that if a person meditates, they will somehow be involved in something negative, something diabolical, something bad. And in an effort to prevent people from understanding what the meditative process involves, in an attempt to separate themselves from anything which would appear to be rooted in ancient wisdom, ancient philosophies, ancient ways of living. They attempt to redefine 
the words themselves. Words such as meditation, contemplation. The ideas of what we mean when we use the terms meditation, contemplation, reflection, have so many varied twists, so many different ways of being able to be described and understood that it begins to confuse the mind of a person who is looking for the truth. When it comes to meditation, the process is so simple that most people have complicated the technique. They've created a methodology which is akin to doing something elaborate, something that takes much skill and effort. When in reality, the meditative process is a simple, easy process which anyone can practice and do. I often ask the question, when you are asleep, are you thinking? If you say no, then you have to admit that you still dream. And of course, then the question is, what is a thought? When you're dreaming, are you thinking? We know that there is a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. This is really one mind. It's just the way your mind works when you're awake versus when you're asleep. So that the conscious mind, when it's in awake mode, it functions differently than when it's in sleep mode. Awake or asleep, your mind is still functioning. It's working. It's thinking. So we must be very careful when we try to disregard and we try to sidestep the issue involved in the meditative process. The meditative process is real. And the Bible, the Word of God, tells us to be still. The Bible tells us 
to meditate. Oftentimes, the translators, when they looked at the original languages, they failed to understand the context of the phrases which had embedded in them the word that was then translated as meditation. It is very important that we take the time to reevaluate our understanding of ideas and that we are careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We must be aware of the fact that in this life, moment by moment, step by step, we achieve our glorious future without understanding, with lack of wisdom, with no way of knowing the truth for lack of knowledge people perish but the Bible has promised is eternal life eternal life is given by way of faith and faith is activated by the meditative process. Faith alone, when activated, creates the world in which we are to live, the world in which we are to exist. But until our faith is activated, it's as if we are asleep. Our mind is not aware of reality. Our mind is not awake and functioning in awake mode. It's asleep. Faith is the one thing that, when activated, can change our existence, can create for us a new environment, can bring to life all of those things that we desire. It is very important that we understand that much of life is a mystery. And it is when we immerse ourselves 
in the silence, in the stillness. It is then and only then that we hear the still, small voice of God. In a world of misunderstood definitions, misunderstood word understandings, and things which not even scholars can explain. We enter the world of the prayer and the world of the meditative process. It is in this setting that we read the story of the disciples of Jesus the Christ coming to him and asking him as their master to teach them how to pray. Now on the surface of that story there are those who have assumed that The disciples didn't know how to pray. They were adults. They had grown up as Jewish children. It's impossible to imagine that their parents and their teachers had not taught them how to pray. Prayer is a very important part of the Jewish faith, of the Jewish life, of the Jewish religion. It is very common for Jewish people to pray multiple times before a meal and after a meal. This idea that the disciples didn't know how to pray is absurd. So, when they came to Jesus the Christ and they asked him to teach us to pray, Jesus immediately responded with a prayer. And the prayer started as, Our Father, which art in heaven. When we understand the context and the meaning of the words of the Lord's Prayer, of the fact that the disciples were looking for a understanding of how to bring the meditative process into their lives. 
They were not asking Jesus the Christ how to pray. That is a surface understanding of the text. But the real context and meaning of the text is much deeper than that. The disciples wanted to understand how to access the mind of God. Jesus the Christ had said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. I will cause it to happen. This ability to grasp the ungraspable, this understanding of the meaning of prayer, the meaning of the meditative process, is critical to understanding the context of the Lord's Prayer. We oftentimes in church hear people who repeat almost in a trance-like, hypnotic rendition the Lord's Prayer. And yet, the Bible teaches us that God already knows what we need before we ask. Before we pray, God has already answered our prayer. So then the question logically will be, why pray? And this is at the foundation, at the pivotal point of why the disciples ask Jesus the Christ to teach them to pray, how to pray, the context of prayer is the meditative process. The meditative prayer is the way in which we unleash the unlimited power of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of God. The Word of God is the kernel, is the seed which contains the life energy, which contains that spark which we all are looking for, which we all need in order to transform our lives, and our very existence. The meditative process, when understood and practiced correctly, allows 
the prayerful life to have power, to become ingrained and immersed and engulfed and infused with the fire of God, the power of the divine. And it is that understanding that the disciples of Jesus the Christ were asking for when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. The Lord's Prayer, when understood in its true context, shows us, in fact, the meditative process. The Lord's Prayer can be broken down into eight sections. The Lord's Prayer is not so much a prayer as it is a process, a way to calm the mind, a way to settle the thoughts, a way to create space so that your mind and your heart can be one. Your emotions and your thoughts can be united. So now when you say the Lord's Prayer, you don't have to repeat it over and over and over again, but rather use the Lord's Prayer as a framework to enter in to the meditative process, to allow your mind to be stilled so that you can experience the still, small, voice of God. Repeat after me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about The Dark Light Podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness.